American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Oh, it's the latest. Byron Leftwich moving up the charts. What happened to Darryl Bevel? Went from like three to one odds to now plus 1,200 or something. Mm, mm, mm. Man. What happened? Bad interview? Uh, it could have maybe been a formality, right? You, you won the last game. The least they can do for you is kind of throw you a bone and say, hey, we'll go and interview you and see what you got to say. But, you know, the proof's kind of in the pudding. The record speaks for itself. Yeah, uh, which means the same could happen, by the way, for Bill O'Brien. Everybody's betting favorite, according to Vegas. Well, was. Not uh, anymore. I think he, I thought he was still the number one betting favorite. He and got changed. Second. Breaking news. It by, just changed by in the last... last it changed in the last hour or so. Oh, in the last hour it's changed? Yeah, it's changed again. Oh, Vegas. Yeah. What are you doing so, to me? So, according to Jamie Eisner from the Draft Network, according to betonline.ag, um, right now the favorite is Byron Leftwich. Oh, give us a little more. What, you, what else you got there? Like what? He just second? said the favorite's Byron. As, as O'Brien dropped at number two. Hey, I'll look it all up here one second, Thank please. You. Yep. Yeah, this is breaking news here on the show. Yeah, man. I, I did not. I was unaware of that. How can the odds change so much? I mean, O'Brien hasn't even had an interview. He was, he was the favorite yesterday. He's the favorite this morning. So Byron Leftwich is plus 150, and he's moved ahead of Bill O'Brien, who's plus 175. Who knows? Maybe they really like Byron Leftwich. Back up, Bob. Back up, Bob, man. You want more breaking news? Yes. Chelsea just scored. One nil. Okay. Who's Who Chelsea playing today? Tottenham. Who's she? Ah. <laughs> Good one. Well done, Brent. <laughs> Couldn't resist. I love it. <laughs> uh, can you name one person on Chelsea? On Chelsea. Sure you can. Is that where what's his name plays? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if we're thinking of the same what's yeah. his name, the go- only good American the player. Oh, the only good American player. Yeah. Okay. But what's it? I'm way off. Oh, this is good. Random soccer soundbite of the week. <laughs> I'm not no, telling. Too. I'm not telling you. So, I'll get it in a moment. Okay. Um, I know uh, a little bit. Is he playing or was I thought he was hurt the last time I? No, he's knew. playing. He's okay. not playing today, but he is act. He's. What's fit. he doing? He got out for lunch. <laughs> he's. He doesn't start. He's not. He's not one of their starters. Usually. Man. I mean, the guy's like a like. The biggest soccer star we have in the United States, and you can't start over there. Well, it kind of shows you where... He could start over there. Chelsea's really good. But, you know. Silva on that team? Tiago? Yeah. Okay. Tiago! I know him. He's got COVID right now, though, so he's also not playing. <laughs> Bummer, man. But they still scored. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> did. Nice done. Is Fulham continuing to win in the, what is it, the Champions League? It's definitely not the Champions League. It's the championship. Championship, sorry. And I have no clue. That's I don't watch the championship. Definitely not. It's not like Ch- I was that far uh, off. Do you know I didn't forget to say if. Yeah, you know, yeah. I meant if. I meant no. I said champions. Chip. Do you know what the Champions League is? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. Uh, Stewart would be so mad right now. Oh, he's probably pulling his hair out as we speak. <laughs> he's so mad about or it all right now. he's pulling his beard out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, everybody. For sure. <laughs> Back to Byron Leftwich. Yeah. Back up, Bob. Back up, Bob. <laughs> hey, we went from odds, and you could be breaking news of Chelsea up one nothing. I mean, come on, one nil, <laughs> one nil, Brent. Come on now, get it right. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Byron Leftwich? 
Um, I mean, I think the resume, you know, it's it's intriguing. I mean, I think out of the candidates, I mean, he's up there. I still like, you know, Caldwell. I still like Peterson a little better than than Leftwich. But if you if you ask me to rank him, I would probably put him third right now. That's interesting. Um, I've thought about this today. I, I was trying to think with Leftwich's name jumping in the fray a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Remember, Leftwich is a guy two weeks ago who was like quoted as saying, yeah, I don't I don't think it's right that I interview and early and it's not fair to the opponent, not fair to the yeah. players. And then, boom, he was interviewing on Friday. Uh, Todd Bowles helped him get ready for the interview. Listen, this guy's ready. I, I think he's ready. My problem a little bit with Kellen Moore and Nathaniel Hackett, I'm not quite sure they're ready. Mm-hmm. I think Byron Leftwich is ready. Yeah, that's how I feel about Leftwich as a first timer. I don't love the first timer. I think that's what you're speaking to as well with Caldwell and Peterson for this current situation. Mm-hmm. I have wondered if you go back on our show for over a month ago now, mm-hmm. uh, and this has started to become more of a topic on social media. How much Leftwich loves this area and coming back to Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't an unbelievable experience for him. I think is fact. Uh, when he was the quarterback of this football team. And so it's not like happy homecoming, you know. I don't think it's that. I think you got to be careful to label it like that. And I wasn't even here, but I'm just saying things that I've heard. Uh, I, I said this going back a month ago now, that I don't know if he's as hot on Jacksonville. So if he has other options, maybe that fits. Now, Tampa's a short drive. You don't have to move your family too far. You know, there's a lot of things to like about being here in Florida. There's a lot of things to like about the Jacksonville job with Trevor Lawrence. And so I'm not saying he's not interested. He certainly should take the interview. And it might be high on his list. And maybe it it is only a couple of jobs out there for him right now that people are going to offer. So uh, he could end up as the head coach. I would not hate Byron Leftwich being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's a little bit risky in my estimation, Mm. Um, but I do like his resume. I think he's probably acquired a lot of knowledge in his coaching career and even as a backup QB in Pittsburgh for all those years. I think it's a lot to like about Byron Leftwich in this position. So I'm okay if, if you're okay with it. And Shad Khan wants to go that route. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's my high priority with Caldwell and Peterson out there. But then I thought that I was like, what's the next level? Okay, Kellen Moore and Nathaniel Hackett. I actually don't hate those guys. I think there's some boom or bust potential with a guy like Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. I think Hackett's a good fit here. And if other people are interviewing too, too it shows you that there's some – there's some respect about what he's doing and what he's done in league circles. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not just, hey, he helped coach Blake Bortles and got to the AFC Championship game and Jacksonville's the only interview he's getting, which I thought might be the case early on. Uh, so I think Peterson and Caldwell still my top two. And then the next bucket, I'm putting Leftwich at the top of that bucket. I'm putting Hackett and Kellen Moore right like a little below. Mm. Uh, and I'm not sure I want to mess around with anybody else. Am I missing somebody? Um, no, I don't think so. I think with Byron Leftwich, and now I get it, there's the whole premise that he didn't want to interview here, and that's why he said he wanted to, you know, kind of focus on the Tampa Buccaneers. I don't necessarily think that's the, the fact that he didn't want to interview here. I think that was him saying, I'm trying to stay faithful to my team yeah. until the season's that's done. cool. Now, maybe somebody got in his ear, though, and said, hey, man, that's not how it works. Like, we, we appreciate you being loyal to maybe the Buccaneers, but if you want to, you know, grow and if you want to become a head coach, you got to take these opportunities. And yeah. maybe somebody talked him into it, and that's why he interviewed with Jacksonville, and now he's taking a, a, a spot with Chicago as well. 
Um, I think, you know, teams can like Byron Leftwich and the fact that started out as a quarterback's coach in Arizona, um, obviously on the offensive side of the ball, but very quickly grew into a, an offensive coordinator role while in Arizona um, and had some success right away. You know, like the moment wasn't too big for him. And then obviously going to Tampa Bay, being with Jameis Winston, having success overall. I mean, there was turnovers obviously with Jameis, but like that offense was still high power with Jameis Winston. You got Tom Brady, you win a Super Bowl. So there's a lot to like, I think, from Byron Leftwich. I think Nathaniel Hackett is interesting, but it comes to the whole thing of do you want to bring a recycled guy back to Jacksonville again? Um, maybe you do, but I also think that that might be a little bit of a turnoff to you know the, the organization going forward. And I think with Kellen Moore, I mean, it's, it's the same story with Kellen Moore, I believe, is where, you know, Kellen Moore is extremely young in the NFL. Not to say he's not other young coaches, but in terms of having to build an offense, in terms of... Um, you know, looking at what kind of players make a good offense. I mean, he kind of was, he was kind of ingrained in it. I mean, he started as a quarterback coach in 2018. Uh, a year later, became the offensive coordinator. But, like, those pieces were kind of already in place. So he kind of inherited a really good thing. So if you got a guy who, whatever we'll call it, two and a half, three years in the league of coaching him, that's it. I mean, he was a player, don't get me wrong. But three years coaching overall. And, like, if you're Shad Khan, if you're meeting with this guy, um, and maybe you like what he says on the offensive side of the ball in terms of X's and O's, but can you trust this dude to lead a team when he's never really done it before, when he's just fresh in the league um, as a new school guy? Yeah, listen, on my elimination list, I'm not high on Eberflus out of mm -hmm. Indianapolis. O'Brien, to me, is still a joke. It's not even close to happening. Like, I, I'm not even taking the O'Brien stuff serious anymore. I, I'm, you can be the favorite in Vegas. Yeah. I, Bill O'Brien's not going to be the next head coach of Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I don't, I, I just, I'm not buying. I, well, I, I believe strong, more strongly about that, and I'm in super strong already that Trent Baalke's not going to be the GM of the Jags mm -hmm. going forward, but I'm really strong about I don't think it's going to be Bill O'Brien as the head coach. I think if Trent Baalke's the GM, then I think there's a good shot that Bill O'Brien becomes the next head coach. Yeah, I don't. I don't I, here's the thing. I don't believe for a, a second that Trent Baalke's making the decision. And so for you to say that, for it to come to fruition, it would be a decision made by Balky. To, and to I hire Bill O'Brien. Yes, and yeah. I don't think Shot has set this up in any way, shape, or form, and he hasn't indicated he has either in any, any statement or whatever else that the, the GM is hiring the next head coach. And that did happen at one time, by the way. It happened, with, it happened before. It happened with GM yeah. uh, uh, Gene Smith. Hired yeah. Mike Malarkey, and then it happened with Caldwell, where they hired Caldwell, and then he decided to get rid of Malarkey, hire Gus Bradley. Okay. So it has happened before, uh, but there are n no indications that I've heard, and there's no certainly statements that Shad is still not the guy pulling the trigger on this move, and that's why I think O'Brien. I, I think what you just said makes sense. Mm -hmm. If Bulky was the guy making the move, because he would have few people to work with him. Yeah. But I just think Shad's making the move here. I mean, you know, the, the odds can say whatever, obviously, but Bill O'Brien is a name that's being thrown a little bit around. So you think that if the Jaguars, for whatever reason, seems unfathomable, but let's say that they go with Bill O'Brien, this is going to be Shad Khan's call of going with Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and that's why I said there's no chance. Okay. That I think I, I'll continue to tell you what I've said for the last couple of days on the Bill O'Brien front. I think this is, hey, uh, Bulky is helping out the process in some way, shape, or form, which to me still doesn't guarantee that he's going to be the guy going forward mm -hmm. in the GM role. And if you're going to help out the process, much like a courtesy interview of Daryl Bevel, 
because he was the interim coach and what he did over the final month and, and the situation that he had to inherit. I think you give Balky, hey, if you've got somebody on your list, he, like Bill O'Brien's not on my list, but if he's on your list, yeah, we'll give him a, give him, we'll bring him in. Mm. And I think it, I think it works that way. I think business works the way this situation is could work that way here. Um, and you get some intel from Bill O'Brien. Never hurts to interview people, and it's pretty apparent that Shaw doesn't mind interviewing a lot of people right now for mm. whatever reason. In this process, he has said, "I'm going to really explore all options," mm. and so. It's it's fine if Bill O'Brien wants it for whatever reason. I think it's a motivation of Balky for obvious reasons mm -hmm. because very few very few people will work with Balky, yeah. and very few people would consider right now Bill O'Brien as the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So they are a nice fit together. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also think Shot is smart enough to know why Bill O'Brien was on Balky's list. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, I, essentially, you're saying you're, you're doing Trent Balky a solid, and you're doing him a yes. favor. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I mean, you have hung him out to dry for the last two and a half weeks, so at least you could do maybe. I, I guess, but like, are we trying to do people favors or trying to find the next head coach of the I Jacksonville just, Jaguars? Well, like, that, are we trying to do our due diligence here and focus on going to a Super Bowl? Or are you trying to say, hey, Trent Balky, thanks for sticking by my side. Thank you for being a friend. Here's a Bill O'Brien interview. Well, I mean, what, well, okay, then why did we hire, why did we talk to Bevel? Bevel now has no because, chance. Bevel has less of a been, chance than anyone. Well, I think Bevel would even have a better, in my opinion, Bevel should have a better shot than Bill O'Brien. Because well, at least Bevel was here and, you know, say what you want about the last game, but Bevel helped call the plays that helped Trevor Lawrence to win the game. So I would think Bevel would have a better shot even than Bill O'Brien. Yeah, listen, I'm not I'm not endorsing this is the way to do it. Yeah. I'm just telling you this is what I think is going on. I, I think why is it happening? I think that's why it's happening. So um, to me, that makes sense. Uh, maybe that was shot right there. Call there you go, me. man. Who knows? Um, or somebody. Getting those sources ready. Certainly, I like it. I can tell you who it wasn't. Balky. Okay. Or Bill O'Brien. <laughs> For sure. Um, the, am I missing somebody in this? Like, again, I don't think O'Brien, I don't think Eberflus makes much sense. I don't think Bowles, to be honest with you, makes much sense. I think Leftwich makes sense as a first-time guy. I think, uh, I told you yesterday, I think Kellen Moore, from what I've heard from some people, mm -hmm. I could see him blowing them away in the interview, and he has a decent resume to work with. It's not a long one, but it's a decent resume, and I think he's respected around the league. I, th I think it, this guy's an up-and-comer, and so I see the appeal in that. Mm -hmm. I think Hackett, I think Hackett is a fit, maybe, right? He, he has a relationship in Jacksonville. I think he would love to be in Jacksonville. And I think Rodgers and LaFleur and the success they've had, at that, that's a nice resume, too. Yeah. And so I can see that. Uh, they're not high. Again, that's like fourth and fifth on my list, probably, even though I really love Nate. I mean, uh, Hackett would be a fun guy to be around. Um, after that, man, I think uh, I don't see anybody. Again, O'Brien, I've eliminated in my mind. You don't uh, think Flores? Like, I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're Shad Khan and, and, and you say that you're trying to cast this big net, then why wouldn't you at least give Flores a shot? And he might. He might. Okay. It's so fresh still uh, yeah, that sure. they've had stuff lined up. Uh, I think today feels like the only day that they haven't interviewed anybody. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. It, at least this week. Mm -hmm. Because they've got lined up Thursday, Friday, Saturday, according to reports. Mm -hmm. And they already interviewed people Monday. Uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday they did. I, I don't think they did any interviews Monday. I mean, they did do an interview. The whole team interviewed on Monday. I'm sure he was busy. <laughs> I know he might have been busy with that. Anthony Lynn is a name, by the way, on the chat right now. Anthony Lynn as what? A head coach? I think people are throwing out really like just crazy names right now. I mean, um, I think what's, shot. what's interesting, uh, not from Anthony Lynn as the head coach, what I think Leftwich, 
Who's he tied to would be interesting. Really, the next head coach, who are they tied to? I yeah. think there are some really good defensive coordinator opportunities out there. Bowles might be one. Could he steal from Tampa and bring Bowles over if yeah. Leftwich were to come? I said Vic Fangio yesterday, who many believe is really a whiz on the defensive side of the ball. Might not have worked out from a head coach. He didn't have a ton from a quarterback standpoint in Denver, and he still won some football games. Mm -hmm. I think Fangio, you played for him, would be an excellent fit in Jacksonville if he's got a relationship with one of these head coaches. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned a name like a Mike Zimmer. Anthony Lynn is an OC. Didn't work out, I guess, uh, as he was in the, on the staff in, in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Something wasn't right there, and so that doesn't get me excited. Uh, Flores, if he doesn't get a head coaching job, could he be a defensive coordinator for somebody? Sure, absolutely. You know? Yep. So I, I think they're, what's really appealing to me right now as I piece this th thing together is I really want the offensive head coach now because I think I can go get myself a pretty good defensive coordinator yeah. depending on relationships and mm -hmm. how that stuff works. I don't know who's tied to who exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think you could even say a guy like Mike Zimmer who obviously did a nice enough job as a defensive coordinator over the years to get him into the head coaching position. Mm -hmm. So there, is, there are people out there, you know, uh, that, that make a lot of sense from the defensive side of things to come along with the next head coach of the Jaguars. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, coaches will hire people kind of sight unseen of just like how the interviews go. I mean, you know, it is kind of the good old boys network where you, you have your favorites or the guys that you maybe come in contact with before that you have experience with. But sometimes it's kind of out of the blue and it's a surprise hiring. You know, I mean, if you have the resume, if you have the, the, the stats that back it up, I mean, sometimes coach will take a risk. You know, I mean, I think Vic Fangio is a guy who, you know, he's got a lot of respect. I mean, what he did in San Francisco, you know, what he was able to do in Chicago for a couple of years. And, you know, the head coaching didn't really work out. But, yeah, the guy in terms of a defensive mind, he obviously has that in spades. So I think sometimes, too, you know, it's – do you go with somebody that you know or do you go with the potential of the guy that's the best candidate? I think when it comes to coordinators, I think head coaches are a little more flexible sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ian Rappaport, uh, he, he's, he's really all over the Bill O'Brien stuff right now. I mean, they are feeding it inside the building. Oh, yeah. You know, the yeah. bulky side or maybe it's somebody else that has ties to O'Brien's side that's feeding information uh, to, to Ian Rappaport right yep. now. But yep. it's like, I mean, I, I, uh, Rapp, are you working for Bill O'Brien, like, are you part of the agency right now? <laughs> yeah, man. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a Bill O'Brien advocate, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty wild, right? Yep. Um, and it's almost like now Rappaport even, I guess the latest thing he said was he's being highly endorsed by Balky. Yes. It's like, thanks for confirming that everything that what we're saying is, like, why we know. Like, we can all see this from the outside. Yes. Like, so my point in all of this is, like, we're all seeing what's unfolding from the outside. For sure. I don't believe, and you can criticize Shad Khan as an owner, and you can question a lot of things, and, and some of it's fair game. I don't think Shad Khan's a stupid man. Yes. Okay? Yeah. I hear you. I think he can see some of this stuff, too. Yeah. My, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Shad Khan is blind. To, I don't buy it. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it mm -hmm. to this stuff. Mm -hmm. And if we're all seeing it, and we're seeing how it's unfolding, and how this is coming out, and then I think he does too. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, to your point, does he have to say, well, I'm not interviewing Bill O'Brien? He could. Yeah. He could, but I, he chose not to for whatever reason. They're interviewing Bill O'Brien, and I, again, I do think he is accumulating knowledge in these interviews. Last, last year, he didn't do a lot of interviews, right? I mean, he did minimal because he knew who he wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think he really is accumulating interviews and learning. Uh, about different people around the league and different organizations around the league. Well, let me ask you this. 
Yesterday, Byron Leftwich was kind of the outside looking in in terms of a possibility for the, well, at least according to Vegas. You know what I mean? Byron Leftwich was a name being thrown around a little bit, but now it seems like for whatever reason today, it's really picked up traction. Why do you think that is? Okay, interviewed Friday. Uh, I think what happens between Friday and today, not necessarily Saturday, Sunday, because they had a football game to play, mm-hmm. is that league circles talk and they ask, hey, how did the interview go? Sure. And now Tom Brady's asked, hey, Leftwich, how did the interview go? Mm-hmm. Uh, he met asked Monday or Tuesday because he was too concerned about a football game on Sunday. But hmm. now Brady says, hey, you know, that interview went really well. Like, he could really be a front runner for the job. And then this guy talks to this guy, and all of a sudden Vegas gets it, and boom, Byron Leftwich had a really good interview in Jacksonville. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how it works. But, yeah, but you don't think it's anybody from the, the building, though, from this building. You think it was more from Leftwich's camp than it is Jacksonville's camp. I will camp. live and die by this, okay, mm-hmm. that I believe Shad Khan's circle is super tight. Okay. And so I don't think Shad's saying it. Yeah. I know his PR man pretty well. I don't think he's going out there and saying it. Okay. I don't think Tony Khan is saying it to people. Okay. Now, Tony might have a little bit more ties to the outside world and could drop something here or there. Yeah. Um. I think what's coming out of that building right now is is on the football side, which would be led by Trent Paulke. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot of guesstimation, other things. Yeah. Um, and that's why I I refuse to buy into some of it. Yeah. Because I know how tight the circle is for Shotgun. Sure. The Giants will release a statement and say, hey, we've interviewed such and such for GM. The Jags are unwilling to even do that. Well, because they don't have a G. I mean, they, they have well, a GM. I'm saying I know. they could be for a head coach. Like I know. Denver I has done you, it. Other teams yeah. do it. The I Jags don't do it. Yeah. It is sealed tight Yeah. around Shotgun. Christian so Pulisic. Pulisic, thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be back. Uh, yes, sir. I, I do feel like, uh, as of now, I'll be ready for training camp. I'll be ready to go. And the next milestone for me is uh, to get back uh, doing weightlifting, uh, uh, Olympic weightlifting, like squats and stuff like that. Uh, I haven't really been squatting because uh, it is a list for an injury and now it's on the bottom of the foot. So uh, the next step is getting back to doing those squats, getting my legs back right, get back to full speed running. And hopefully I, I, I look forward to being at training camp and uh, just being back to myself. That is Travis Etienne. It was good to talk to Travis Etienne on Monday. But he's a he's kind of like a contagious guy as well in terms of smile and energy. And it uh, looks like he was in a good mental spot coming off that injury. I, again, I, I believe that is a very difficult thing for players, and especially when it's a long one, and especially when you haven't played a snap in the NFL. Yeah. So that's tough. And now, obviously, James Robinson going through it, um, too. So uh, a tough deal uh, for a lot of those guys uh, that are coming back. But it'll be really interesting to see ETN. And, and ETN's going to have to now hold it down mm-hmm. on the running back spot. We'll see what else they add. I can't imagine Carlos Hyde's coming back. But James won't be ready to go until later in the year, or at least midseason, but probably more like later in the year. And uh, they're going to have to add in the running back room, I would think. Has Dario Gumbawale done enough to say, okay, I'm, like he's okay. I, sure, that's yeah. fine. But I think they need, they might need to go get, whether it's a young player or a free agent guy, to compliment Travis Etienne. They definitely have to get it. Um, I would probably prefer, a, uh, like, a free agent, like a veteran. Yeah. Grounded pound kind of guy? guy? Um, yeah, I mean, it all depends what you envision with this new coaching staff coming in with Travis Etienne. Because who's to say the next coach staff coming in is, is going to say, well, we don't want him in the slot. We don't want him being this dynamic player. Yeah. We just want him being your traditional maybe every down back. So 
it's it, it all depends, I think, of, of who the next coaching staff is going to be. I really do. What about Rock? Rock was good. Well, that's an interception, too. Rock was good on Sunday. <laughs> he was good Sunday. Yeah. It's a good story. Listen, I think, Rock, again, that depth, but I think what Austin's talking about, I think what I'm talking about, I think you need something proven, you know, that you can rely on. And, and who are you giving it to on a third and two? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. ETN might be that guy. Again, the guy rushed for a ton of yards. He's not just like a gadget yeah. player. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a proven running back. Yeah. But I just feel like he's different. Mm-hmm. As well, like I see him out of the shotgun with Trevor, yeah. and you draw play, and he finds a hole, and boom, maybe he takes it. Like yeah. I don't know if I see under center, uh, third and two, in between tackles, pushing the pile yeah. with ETN. Like I, I can't, I can do it, but I'm just wondering if they grab somebody else in in the open market for that. No, I mean they probably will, but keep in mind, you know, we're talking about Achilles injury here, and Cam Akers hurt his Achilles in late July. And I was back in December. Yeah. And I think he's slated to, I don't know if he's going to be starting, but I think he's, he's going to be play. slated. Yeah, he's slated to play for the playoffs. So July, January, February, March, April, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. That's five months. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know how yeah. he's back so quick. Because, because that's very unusual. Well, no, I think the technology now, like, they they found ways to, re, like, improve the recovery time. Because, I mean, if you want to get super into it, there was that gymnast or whatever, that dude that tore his Achilles, like, three months. I forgot his name. But then he actually competed in the Olympics on, like, a, a messed up Achilles. But yeah. he was still able to, to do his thing. So I just think, like, the, the medicine, the technology of an Achilles injury, for whatever reason, um, is, like, making new waves now. Yeah, I, I think... Uh I feel like there's circumstances that are different here. Okay. Like, and, and again, you might be right. I, I just have always said that, and I can't get past a little bit of Durant, but the Achilles has always been going way back, and I understand things have changed. Yeah. Like, it's just a tough injury to come back from. Mm-hmm. And I think you really want to make sure you're 100%, you know. Of and that's what, But Akers has some motivation. They're in the playoffs. So if he feels pretty good or 80% or 85%, maybe it's worth the gamble for him. I don't know. I don't know enough about it, and I don't even know if we ever will really know enough about what the doctors are saying. Yeah. I, I just could see them saying, James, this might be best to take your time. But we'll see. I mean, he just had surgery a week and a half ago, and uh, I honestly don't know the exact timeline. I just feel like it's going to go into this season with this kind of injury. We really don't know how bad the rupture was, right? Um, I guess there are grades of that Yeah, as well, but surgery surgery. I mean, for sure. I'm not sure how bad Cam Akers was. That's what I was just thinking. Cause his was at, like, a close practice, right? So nobody ever saw it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I honestly can't remember the reports. Like, honestly, like, I thought, and, like, we before saw, people asked that, I thought that when you tear your Achilles, you tear your Achilles. But then somebody, I've seen some people say, well, there are different levels of it. Yeah. Well, I'm just, when we saw James go down, like, you could tell it was bad. Like, Cam Akers, he might have torn it, but it might not have, like, he might have walked. All right, so and I guess. Jameson Williams walked. Yeah. So, okay, I mean, once again, I don't know how the severity were of all these things. The recovery time from Kevin Durant from his last Achilles tear was actually pretty fast, all things considered. And then the Russian gymnast um, won a gold medal by, st- you know, whatever, on the, I don't know what event it was, but he won his team a gold medal after three months after surgery of the repair of the torn Achilles tendon. It says here, article in USA Today. So, I mean, three months is one thing. You're a gymnast, but I feel like, I just feel like the technology, for whatever reason, is, 
it's better than it has been. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, listen, all injuries. I mean, the medicine yeah. is so much better in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Uh, and so, but there's still concerns. I mean, listen, the ACL, like to Williams, the ACL to these receivers, yeah. they can be back by next year. The question is, do you go? Some guys do struggle. What I think we have to be careful of is, yeah, you can go back and be on the field, but can you be productive and your sure. old self? There's a big difference. Like, uh, the beauty for ETN is he's going to have an offseason to get back into his old self kind of form. I even asked him that question. I said, are doctors confident you'll be able to be as fast, be as yeah. shifty, be as all that? And they are. Mm -hmm. But he'll have time to do that. Like, Cam Akers has no time to do that right now at the Rams. He can't even get adjusted. Yeah. Uh, I'm always reminded, Senderic Marks, he, he was fine. He was able to come back. But it took 10 games, 8 games for him to kind of go back to feel comfortable sure. when he had done it. And so... I just think it changes from player to player, probably kind of their mentality. Are they free? Or do they trust it? All yeah. those things. And I think James is now has to go through that. I think some of these receivers that have torn ACLs have to go through that. And so are you willing to pony up the kind of dollars, the draft capital, to say, hey, this guy is going to be healthy. He's going to do what he used to do. Yeah. But we are we willing to wait maybe halfway through the season for that. Sure. I think that's going to be a yeah. fascinating look for a lot of teams yeah. uh, and uh, in the draft and free agency. Hey, if I say which head coach will put together the best staff, who do you think of? Whew. I mean, if you talk about a head coach putting together the best staff, it has to be a guy who's experienced, um, a guy who's maybe been on multiple teams, who's been around the league. I mean... I would probably lean, t I mean, to me, it's between Peters. I would probably say Caldwell. Um, that's interesting you say that. I almost wonder if he's the worst. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, guy's, guy's been through pretty good systems. No, he has. Uh, here's, um, I actually think it might be Leftwich. As the best to assemble the staff? Yeah. Okay. Because I think he's been he's been Pittsburgh, right? He's been uh, Arizona. He's been sure. here, and I think there could be this sense that he he has put a lot. There's a lot of people supporting him, wants to see him succeed, and they want to come up along for that ride. Yeah, uh, I think you could also make the case: is there a chance that Bruce Arians says so so long after this year? Uh, now, maybe internally they would know that more, and then Byron Leftwich wouldn't be interested in this job. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I guess it depends on what they do. But I, I don't – my problem with Caldwell thinking staff-wise, and even Peterson to a degree, mm -hmm. is they've been out of it. Now, Peterson for only a year. But where's he going – where the people that landed somewhere, Frank Reich, for example, he can't go get Frank Reich. Correct. Right. Where, do the, where did his tree go? The people that were with him, the people that he could trust, the people that, that he knew. I think it was one of the major problems, really, with Urban Meyer. Urban mm -hmm. Meyer had been out of it for so long, and he basically told himself, I'm not going to steal and poach from Ohio State, mm -hmm. right? Sure, and so yeah. he limited his pool of candidates, and people that knew him, trusted him, knew what to expect from him, all that stuff, were loyal to him. Mm -hmm. And I think that bit him in the butt a little bit. Now, he made his own bet in a lot of different ways. But I think it's interesting because if you go back to, like, Jimmy Johnson, and we've referenced this before, Jimmy Johnson brought everybody, brought his whole staff from the college game to Dallas. He brought a trainer. He brought, like, his PR man. Like, sure, he brought everybody. So there was a big difference. And I just called Will even more so because when was the last time he was a head coach? What was that, 17, Well, 16? 17, but then 17. he was the uh, assistant head coach in Miami in 19 or 20, yeah. and now they're all gone.
Well, and so they could get that. Yeah. So that's basically what you're saying. I just wonder about guys that have been out of it. Yeah. And now that are on parts of other teams sure. trying to make their own way. Yeah. And maybe they might be in lateral positions, mm-hmm. right? That you want them to come in in this position. You mm-hmm. pay them more, give them a little bit more of a title or responsibility. Maybe it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's just this loyalty. Like I do want, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But coming off the broadcast alone, when I saw that uh, they said in the, in the Bucks game, that Todd Bowles and Leftwich had interviewed, which we already knew, that Bowles helped Leftwich out, it started to run through my mind. I'm like, all right, if Leftwich gets it, does Bowles like him so much that he'd like to be a part of whatever happens next? So maybe he'll even jump as a D.C. to Jacksonville to be a part of Leftwich staff. Not that he doesn't like Arians, but he just wants to see this guy do be successful and help him through it. Mm -hmm. Like, do they have that kind of relationship? I don't know. Yeah. Um, But... I, I will say this, and I've said this countless times now, and I think the last couple of weeks, don't sleep on this, the ability to put together a staff. I think that's where it's gone wrong in Jacksonville quite a bit. Yeah. I think we could say where it's gone wrong in a lot of different levels, from the draft picks to other things. But I do think there's a common denominator that the staffs that were assembled yeah. and the moves that were made didn't allow for success. It made for lack of continuity, and so much change is really hard to succeed in. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, I don't – we've done this now, what, four of the oh, – well, even more than that. We've done this enough in Jacksonville. This coaching changes. This will probably be the most attentive yet I am to the staff that's assembled. Yeah. Uh, because I think I've seen so many mistakes made in that regard over the last uh, 10 to 12 years here in Jacksonville. No, for sure. I mean, it's, it's obviously – it's got to be something that's addressed in these meetings. You know, I mean, you have to have – if you're going to interview for this head coaching job, that's, I'm sure, a question that's got to come up is what is your plans in terms of coaching staff? What is this going to like? What kind of youth um, and experience are you going to bring, um, you know, to the team? I think that's a huge question. I think another huge question that might be getting discussed a little bit. So l- let me ask you this, Brent. We assume that when Caldwell, when Doug Peterson go into the interview, they're concerned about Trent Balky. You would say that, correct? Yeah. And that's probably one of the very first things brought up. Um, I think it's eventually brought up. Sure. When you have a guy, when you have a younger guy maybe, or a guy that's maybe fresher in the league, like a Kellen Moore, or you have a guy like Byron Leftwich, do you think more of those conversations are, oh, I really don't care about Trent Balky because we got Trevor Lawrence. Like, do you think it's more X's and O's geared and like maybe that impresses you know, Shad Khan a little more? Or do you think, like, even the younger guys are concerned about Trent Baalke as well? Because I think there's, like, a new school of thought that says, I don't care who the who the GM is. I'm a former player. Like, the GM never really had any influence on me, never had any influence on the culture when I played. I'm just concerned about getting the best out of Trevor Lawrence. Do you think there's maybe, a, you know, maybe a different, I guess, energy coming from the old school guys compared to the new school guys? I get your point, and I'm going to say, in part, I hope not. Okay. Because then I don't want those new guys as my coach. Not because it's bulky, because that means they're not looking at the whole thing. Mm. They're not asking the right questions. They're not know what makes things successful. And I believe that these guys are in this position Mm -hmm. because they've been around to see what works. They've been in this position because they've seen Pittsburgh do well in Leftwich's case. Arizona had some success, a lot Mm -hmm. of success around Tom Brady. They've asked the questions. They've seen it. They've observed. They know, hey, if I go to Jacksonville or if I go to Denver and I take a job, yeah, I need the quarterback, and that quarterback's attractive, but I know I also need to work very well with that GM. 
I need to work very well with the owner. I need other infrastructure here, like this coach or that coach. And we need to be able to lean on somebody. Like, I would have, if I'm in that job, if I'm going for that interview, I'm telling Shad Khan, like, hey, this is the way it's worked in places I've been, and I need to be surrounded with this infrastructure. One person can't get it done. And so we have to be on the same page. And so, therefore, I would say, no, no, no. There's no chance these guys are this qualified to be in position to interview without asking those kind of questions and already have done their homework well, on bulky. No, I'm, I'm... And whether that will fit with them and have them be successful. I think everyone's asking the question. I just wonder if the new school approaches more. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll address it, but I think the main focus has to be Trevor Lawrence in this offense. And yeah. instead of, like, the overall structural part of the thing. Keep in mind, I think one thing coaches do, meaning Byron Leftwich has done this as a coach, mm -hmm. is at some point or another complained to their GM or gone to their GM and had discussions of their GM like, hey, we don't have enough guys at this position, or we need more, mm -hmm. or thanks for giving us this, you know? And so they know the relationship is important with the GM. And I can't imagine, if, we're, if they're hearing what we're hearing in league circles, I think even those younger guys, to your point, or those first-time guys, would acknowledge that I'm not sure I'm going to be put in a success uh, position to succeed okay. if I'm with Trent Baalke. So I do think he's a red flag mm -hmm. to them as well. Again, the only one I don't think he's a red flag to are people that really don't have a good shot to get the job. Sure. And that happens to, ironically, be the odds-on favorite right now in Vegas and Bill O'Brien. Second favorite. <laughs> Second favorite, Second sorry. favorite, yeah. And because nobody else is interviewing Bill for the head coaching job. Yeah. Bill's getting a job here, but or a shot at it here because of Bulky, and because he's obviously said behind closed doors or back channels that, yeah, I'll endorse you, Trent, if you endorse me. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Sure, we'll be I back. Know. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six nine. Yeah, I hope Joe stays and we can stick with the same game plan and move forward. Because I feel like just going going off of like yesterday, you know, going off of the times that we did play extremely well. Those are great moments, and they put us all in position to make plays, and um, and we're going to continue to do that. So hopefully it continues to stay, and you know everybody's here to, to work. But if it doesn't, it is what it is. We can work around it, and then I'm going to make the best of that. That's Josh Allen. Gonna have a big 2022 now, going that contract year. Unless they get something done in the offseason, I don't think that will happen, but I uh, wouldn't be opposed to that happening, and maybe it would be a, a deal for the organization to do it and risk, you know, put a little risk on the table with upfront money, yeah. but you get the bargain more so than if he has a huge year next year. just depends how they view him and look at him, and especially whatever regime is in place. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a uh, Wednesday in Jacksonville, Florida. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We continued this conversation in the commercial, and I, I think you bring up a really good point. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's fascinating to me because I kind of differ on, on which one Shad might be thinking. But I think you summed it up best what you, you were saying and what we were discussing in the, at the end of the last segment. And you said, you think the newer guys are more focused on telling Shad, uh, the younger guys yes. are, are more focused on telling Shad, here's how we're going to get it done on the field. Whereas the older guys, the experienced guys are like, hey, here's the power structure in the building. Here's, I might need to be in charge of personnel or this or that. Mm -hmm. um, and I do think that's a fascinating look. And what you said, 
I, uh, without putting words in your mouth, Nick, Sean might be enamored with how am I going to get Trevor Lawrence playing his best football and how am I going to win on the field and not worried about the power structure stuff as much if I interpret yeah, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, I think, you know, when Shad Khan hired Urban Meyer, it was under the preface that Urban Meyer was absolutely obsessed with Trevor Lawrence. We saw that at the pro day. We saw Urban Meyer standing five yards away from when Trevor was throwing. You know, he had those goo-goo eyes for Trevor Lawrence. So it was like, oh, the, you know, it's going to be... Um, a great relationship because, like, it's going to be Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. Like, that's a match made in heaven, fantastic. And I think Shad Khan bought into that. I think what Shad Khan maybe filled to see a little bit. And granted, like, yeah, there were there was talks of new facilities and all this stuff because that's that's what you have to have eventually. I mean, you you have to build that up. But I think it was more Shad was focused on the, on the football side of things, and he didn't really foresee the fact that Urban was going to be just micromanaging everything as well to, to the extent that he did. And obviously, it got to the point where. You know, I mean, it was just a part of what happened, but um, it was a huge part of where Sean Khan had to say, all right, we'll see you later, Urban Meyer, and I'll pay you this money probably when you're long and gone, but uh, I'll have to bite the bullet on that one. I think these interviews going on now, it's, it's two schools of thought. It's the old school coming in and saying, well, we need to get rid of the GM. We need to, you know, start this from scratch, and I need a little more control, which Shad Khan just got done doing with Urban Meyer. And then you have maybe the younger guys a little bit who are the up-and-comers that are saying, yeah, I mean, maybe we do need a change at GM, but Trevor Lawrence is our quarterback, and here's how we're going to win a Super Bowl. Things like that. Yeah, I, that's a, it's a fascinating view of which one Shad would lean toward, and I think I, it's, uh, I think both sides would mention culture. Of course, but, you I have think to. The old, but I think the older guys are more would maybe punch home culture a little bit more. Mm -hmm. See, I think Shad is well aware that everybody's going to say, "I can work with that kid. I can get that kid playing well. I think we can win games here. You have money to work with, draft picks to work with." I gotta believe if I'm Shad Khan right now, I want to hear how somebody is going to get out of the dysfunction have a good culture in here, win or loss, stay out of headlines, and put these players, this locker room, my young quarterback, in a good position to be successful. And structure and culture come into play. Maybe more than me telling you how I'm going to get Trevor Lawrence to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's where I think we differ a little bit. Like, if I'm shot, I'm really, my ears start perking up a little bit when you tell me, Here's why it's not working, Shad, here. Here's why you got to do. Here's what you got to do from a power structure standpoint. Here's what we need to put in place. You just had a bad culture guy and a bad culture guy and this. We can fix this, but we got to get rid of that. Like, you start telling me that, and I'm in an interview, and I'm listening, mm -hmm. and Jackson right now, I'm listening. Like, that gets my attention. I want you – I feel like all you guys know football. You know X's and O's. You're going to put staffs together, and I want to hear about that, too. But I'm really taking in the how do you fix the culture that has been around here for the last few years? How do you turn it to a winning culture? And I just had a guy that basically swindled me and Urban Meyer on, I am a culture guy and I am a win guy. Sure, and sure. Then he, then he made it worse than it was. But, you know, I always imagined like Andy Reid sitting in these meetings when he was interviewing in Kansas City or when he's interviewing in Philadelphia. You know, because he's not the most rah-rah guy. True. So if you're Andy Reid, what do you say? Well, you say you change the culture by winning, and here's how we're going to start winning. I think guys like Byron Leftwich and Kellen Moore take that same approach. I think the older generations, like the Doug Petersons, um, like the Caldwells, it's much more of a, you know, uh, an answer that's left to interpretation. I think the newer school guys is X's and O's. It's like, all right, well, we got Trevor Lawrence. Here's what we got to do. We got to get talent around him, yada, yada, yada. We win games. We change the culture. 
I think it's more like that for Kellen Moore and Byer Leftwich. I think the older guys are more of like, well, we got to, you know, fire the GM first. And then I need this, I need this, I need this. And I think having buyers remorse from Urban Meyer, when you have those older guys speaking in, in that type of tone and language, that can kind of maybe turn Sean Conn off a little bit, yeah. possibly. They're very interesting how it's presented to him yeah. and how much does sound like, hey, I just heard that from Urban. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> it's uh, it's very interesting uh, to think about. He's got listen. He's got a huge decision to make, and he's obviously willing to go through these conversations with a lot of people right now. Uh, four o'clock hour coming up. Uh, we'll give away some Jacksonville Iceman tickets. I have a Jacksonville Iceman player on ECHL All Star Game uh, just around the corner, and obviously more football talk and Jaguars talk on the way on ESPN six nine. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.